Welcome to Standard Chartered Money Insights, a podcast series by Standard Chartered Bank that brings you market views and insights on the go. Hello, everyone. My name is Jong, and welcome to True Noise Podcast. We have a deal. After weeks of ups and downs on the debt ceiling negotiation, U.S. President Biden and House Speaker McCarthy has finally agreed on a debt deal. The U.S. House passed the deal, the bill last night, and that's going to the Senate, which is likely to be passed before the X date on the, on the 5th of June. Both stock and bond markets rallied on the news. So, what's next? To discuss this and more, I've invited Rajat Bhattacharya, who runs our macro team, to join me today. Hi, Rajat. Be careful about what you wish for. That is your opening line on debt ceiling breakthrough in this week's weekly market view. Could you elaborate what you mean by that? Indeed, uh, Jong, uh, glad to be here. Uh, be careful what, about what you wish for. Uh, while the US Congress looks likely now, as you said, to pass a bill to suspend the debt ceiling until 2025, beyond that uh, US presidential election next year, it entails capping federal spending for the next two years. The nonpartisan uh, Congressional uh, Budget Office, for instance, estimates about $64 billion of spending cuts next year alone as a result of this bill. The spending cap also means that the government's hands would be tied in the even the US enters a recession later this year, as we expect. Also, the US Treasury is likely to borrow big once the debt ceiling is raised. This is likely to suck liquidity out of the markets at a time when risk assets face headwinds from slowing global growth. In that event, the Fed could end its quantitative tightening policy early, uh, easing some of the liquidity crunch, but perhaps not enough to sustain this ongoing AI-driven rally that we are seeing now. Interesting. So, so. Aside from the debt ceiling deal, the, the other notable headline is the AI frenzy in, in the technology sector stock, which you have alluded to earlier on as well. Uh, is this the start of an AI wave or, or yet another bubble waiting to, to burst? Yeah, that's an interesting one, uh, uh, Jong. Uh, the AI wave to us looks more and more like a bubble. Why? Because of valuations in the AI subsector within the technology, overall technology sector, have reached bubble territory comparable to dot-com days of the late 1990s. The hope is that AI will turbocharge productivity, but could that could take years, not months, as the markets seem to be pricing. Before that, we have a likely US recession to contend with. Although we are positive on the structural opportunity presented by AI, our short-term market diversity indicator is signaling stretched investor positions for the semiconductor subsector, which is linked to AI. This raises the odds of a consolidation or a reversal in in the semiconductors or AI-related stocks. Technically, the technology sector-heavy NASDAQ 100 index is close to a key resistance level around 14,500. Several major stocks in the NASDAQ 100 index have made highs, but subsequently saw pullbacks with high volume, which is typically a sign of broader short-term pullback. 
in the broader market. Valuation of the technology sector has also expanded significantly with the consensus 2023 forward price to earnings ratio rising from 21 in January to 28. Now, prudence dictates not chasing the AI-driven frenzy in technology stocks. We as a house remain neutral on the technology sector in the US, Europe, and China, which helps us participate in the rally without actively chasing it. And this is important. So we get to participate in in the rally through the asset allocation without actively chasing this rally. Investors overexposed to the sector should consider rotating into our preferred US healthcare and consumer staple sector, which are more defensive in nature, ahead of an expected recession later this year. We are also overweight the communication services sector, which is linked to that AI-driven rally that we talked about, given its strong earnings momentum. But technical indicators there too are also stretched in the near term. Let's go back to the US debt ceiling a little bit, right? We have a likely resolution on, on the US debt ceiling. The, the Fed might be emboldened to actually deliver another hike right in june you know, especially after the hotter and expected us pc inflation last friday uh, if, if that were to happen what does that mean for bond investor yeah we expect the us debt ceiling deal or and or another fed rate hike to both drive us government bond deals lower over the next 6 to 12 months why because the debt ceiling deal involves a cap on spending as i mentioned before making it disinflationary and growth negative. Increased recession risk is likely to lead to greater demand for long-dated government bonds, driving bond deals lower, in our view. While an increase in government bond supply should technically drive yields higher, we believe the impact on the 10-year yield is likely to be limited as the supply pressure from the U.S. Treasury is likely to be confined largely to the shorter maturity T-bills. Meanwhile, Another Fed rate hike in June or July would result in further monetary tightening, further subduing growth going forward. Also, as we edge closer to the end of the rate hiking cycle, US government bond yields tend to drop historically. Given all of that, we expect the 10-year US government bond yield to range between 2.75 to 3% over the next 6 to 12 months. Against this backdrop, we remain overweight developed market in uh, investment-grade government bonds. Let's change track a little and, and maybe talk about China. right? This week, I think below expectation, manufacturing PMI and non-manufacturing PMI continues to suggest a slowdown in China recovery. right? China stocks also extended its, its losses this week. Uh, any thoughts on that and, and what could potentially trigger a, a recovery in China stocks? Yeah, you're right. Uh, China stocks have actually entered a bear market, which is basically 20% drop from its last peak after hitting that peak in January, following the lifting of the pandemic restrictions late last year. The brief recovery we saw after the National People's Congress in March has also faded. The weakness can be uh, ascribed to the following reasons. The first one is the sluggish economic recovery that we've seen so far. Uh, China's economic data has disappointed expectations in recent weeks, uh, uh, probably recently in the last couple of months. And this week's uh, below expectation PMI for manufacturing and non-manufacturing 
has added to those concerns. The second one is the overarching theme of geopolitics. The geopolitical tensions uh, has been rising, as we know, and China's decision to recently ban Micron memory chips uh, in retaliation, let's say, uh, after the U.S. imposed restrictions on some high-tech semiconductor-related exports to China has escalated those geopolitical tensions. So where do we come here? Basically, we think we believe the the easiest part of China's post-pandemic recovery is likely behind us. Hence, we recently downgraded China equities to neutral from overweight within our Asia-Japan equity allocation. While the gradual recovery in domestic consumption is likely to sustain growth this year around the government's 5% growth target, slowing global demand is likely to act to disinflationary pressures, especially on the export-oriented sector. Hence, the next leg of China's equity market gains will likely need further policy stimulus. While authorities have already enacted several stimulus measures, and we've listed a, a, a lot of them in our weekly market view, we see scope for additional policy easing, especially if the economy deteriorates further. Meanwhile, we anticipate more inflows into Asian equity markets more broadly, including into Japan in the coming months, as US and European equity markets uh, start to trend lower due to rising recession risks there. Thank you, Rajat. That was a very insightful discussion. The key takeaways for me are that, I think, firstly, US debt ceiling breakthrough unlikely to be panacea. Secondly, I think prudence dictates not chasing the AI-driven frenzy. Third, I think a rate hike in June is not unlikely, right? The market is also pricing that. Uh, and it's likely to, to drive government bond yields lower. Uh, lastly, further stimulus and the relative underperformance of US and European equities are key to China's stock market recovery from here. With that, we'll close uh, today's podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Enjoy the weekend ahead. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Standard Chartered Money Insights, a podcast series by Standard Chartered Bank. For more details on the latest market insights, subscribe to Standard Chartered Money Insights. 